This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Omnial Saleh and Hany Balkis. Welcome back to Future Talk right here on Pulse 95. It is me, Hani Belkis, with Omnia Saar, bringing you everything you need to know about what's happening in the tech world and around the world. Now, today we're going to be talking about NASA, we're talking about <laughs> space, ladies and gentlemen, and how joining the NASA's Artemis Accords will help the UAE send the first Emirati to the moon. Yes, indeed. So the moon is now our new goal since we already have launched the Hope Probe all the way to Mars. But coming up on Future Talk as well, we're talking about the world's first face scan plan that has been sparking lots and lots of privacy fears. And this is all happening in Singapore. But who knows? It may become a reality right here in the UAE as well. Yes, a lot of people are kind of scared about showing their face and people knowing yes. what who they are by their <laughs> face, which is ironic because you know people by their face. But... We're also going to be talking about 3D printing today, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, indeed. And not just any form of 3D printing, but 3D printing for kids. And this is definitely going to be a very interesting conversation with uh, Ruba Shirda, who's going to be telling us all about her startup 3D Innova that has been uh, created and started right here in Sharjah. So she was actually holding a lot of workshops to teach kids about 3D printing, the basics of it. But since COVID-19 uh, or since the COVID-19 pandemic has started, she's been doing that in a very interesting way yes. by sending out a 3D printer for parents and kids to experiment with it. But what are the benefits of 3D printing and how can they help children become a lot more creative? This is definitely going to be a very interesting discussion today. Yes, indeed. We're very excited. We've seen uh, 3D printing kind of uh, uh, the explosion of 3D printing yes. ever since the COVID-19 <laughs> pandemic. Very excited to get into that. We're going to be taking a short break, but when we come back, we're talking about space, ladies and gentlemen. Pulse 95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Your quick roundup of everything that is happening in the tech world in the UAE and around the world. Today, we're talking all about UAE in space because recently the UAE signed the NASA's Artemis Eckerts to help send the first Emirati to the moon. And this is a great accomplishment because uh, the UAE has actually become a founding member of the US-led Artemis Eckerts so that we can help explore space without necessarily harming the environment. Yes, indeed. Now... With the joining of the, the Artemis Accords, it does, just like you said, mm. it paves a peaceful way for sending the first Emirati to the moon in the future. Now, just last week, the Emirates and six other nations did sign on to become founding members of the U.S.-led Accords, which do outline the responsible and peaceful moon exploration. Now, Omni and I have talked a couple months ago about how there's actually a problem with pollution in space mm-hmm. and how... And how there's satellites that space debris, space debris, and there's satellites that that roam around and orbit the the, the space that uh, are not are no longer in use. But the long-term plan is to build a lunar orbiting space station, which will be called the Lunar Gateway, and will be used as the moon as a base, so the first astronauts can go to Mars from there. And and only and I actually <laughs> kind of we did we did foreshadow this. Yeah. We foreseen this that one day that the moon will be kind of like a, a docking station, and they'll continue their route to the moon or uh, to the to Mars or 
whatever planet we do go on. Yes, indeed. And we actually uh, were looking at it just like the International Space Station is currently like a docking station for other explorations. The moon will hopefully become a base as well. Yes. I mean, did you know, by the way, I think a couple of days ago, mm. uh, the International Space Station it did go through a problem. No way. I think there was an oxygen deplete, depletion oh, problem. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I've heard it. Yeah. And, and I was I was going crazy. I was like, oh, I, I, was, I was supposed to send you the, the, the message, Omnia, but I forgot to. But I mean, the UAE has not signed an agreement yet to be mm. part of the Artemis program, but the Accords have laid the foundation for any future collaboration, which does mean that once human space flights to the moon do become regular, Emirati astronauts will likely have opportunities to be a part of them. Now, I just love the fact that the UAE is looking towards space, looking towards going to the moon and going to the Mars. And we've been doing a lot of things as the UAE. And it just reminds me of the picture, Omnia. I think uh, the picture was around in the 1970s mm. with Sheikh Zayed, uh, uh, rest in peace. He was there, and and I think they're they're looking at a spaceship. Yes, and, and he he was actually already foreshadowing that yes. the UAE will uh, be a part of the space race. And some years later, Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed and Hazal Mansour and Sultan Yad, they were doing the same thing, looking at these spaceships for future space exploration. I'm super excited to see what happens next. I'm very excited as well because through the Artemis program, we're looking at the UAE sending out the first woman and the next man to the lunar surface by the year 2024, which actually sounds a lot closer than we think. Now, Three this, years. I know. And yeah. thinking about it, I mean, just last year, we uh, sent out the first Emirati astronaut to the International Space Station. So just a couple of years later, we are looking to go to the moon. Now, the moon is definitely the horizon in terms of a mission that is uh, approaching going to other planets as well and exploring different homes apart from planet Earth. But the Artemis Eckerds is also going to be looking at other partnerships with different countries. So it's basically going to be a huge space race. I think about eight countries will be involved, including the UAE. And by the way, Omna, did you know that Emirati engineers at the Mohammed bin Rashid Space Center are actually building the rover and have shortlisted five possible landing locations on the near side of the moon. Now, lately, I do believe that most of it was being uh, was being built, or, or, I think, in Japan or Russia. Yeah. Uh, I think. No, uh, they were built the, here, but they're launching. They're being launched yeah, in Japan, Japan and Russia. So seeing it being built right here in the UAE is amazing. And it, it, it just comes as the, the, the future Space Force, the future Space Academy. And the UAE being part of it, as someone who lives in the UAE, who lives in charge of his whole life, I'm proud, I'm excited, and maybe I can go to the moon. <laughs> well, I hope that you can go to the moon, but you can't leave Future Talk over here back on Earth. Um, but we're also, let's talk a little bit about what's happening in Singapore. Because yes. it's definitely news that is scaring a lot of people, and it has to do with our faces mm. being scanned. <laughs> Very controversial, Omnia. <laughs> now, uh, Singapore's world's first face scan does plan, the plan does spark a lot of privacy fears. Mm -hmm. But before we get into that, Omnia, mm. let's talk about your face ID that you use on your phone. Yeah. Now, we we, we, we all have face ID enabled. We use so it every day. We use it every day. So, and we, and Apple, which is a private company, mm. does have those files or yes. they have the, the, those um, the, the, the files that are stored. So, why are we scared from a government who can be held accountable? Obviously, Apple can be held accountable as well. Mm -hmm. But a government who can be held ac accountable, why are we scared of that? But Singapore will become the world's first country to use facial verification in its national ID scheme. But privacy advocates are alarmed by what they say is an intrusive system and is vulnerable 
to abuse, which I don't agree with. I agree with you as well. I mean, the way we're looking at it is what's different with this scenario is these face IDs are not going to be owned by a company, but rather owned by the government. And uh, Singapore's rollout is going to be one of the first countries to attach your face mm. facial verification, your face scan to a national identification database. Mm. So it's basically going to be your ID in yes. your face, which I personally think is going to be much faster. M- much faster, more <laughs> to convenient. To get things done. Example, Omnia, there's like, let's say this is being used right here, uh, or let's say in the U.S. I mean, we see it in the UAE. Whenever you're yes. coming back or even traveling, you can basically use your face to move now, around. Now, now, Gulf nationals only have to travel to other Gulf countries. Yeah. They don't need their passport. True. All they do is they need their ID, their Emirates ID or whatever ID mm. they, they use. So imagine you go out, you board on a plane. You don't need your ID anymore. All Just you need your is face. Every, no more. <laughs> oh, I forgot my passport. I forgot my Emirates ID. I forgot whatever. All you need is your face. And that is your passport to the world. I mean, I I mean, I'm with it. I like it. I love it. I feel like it sounds like a dream come true. But a lot of people have definitely been worried about privacy issues and privacy concerns with it, especially because it's already been deployed in a lot of government Mm -hmm. offices right now in Singapore. Um, But the facial verification, honestly, I mean, we're we've come to a time in our live lives where it's being implemented everywhere in your phone. So if Apple owns it, so why not? Uh, have governments own it as well. I mean, even I believe towards 2008 and towards 2009, um, yeah. airports right here in the UAE were doing retinal scans. Mm. And, retinal scans. And your thumb scans whenever you're going exactly. in. Exactly. I mean, who cares about... Uh, I mean, it's not a big deal, but some people... I mean, for me, I don't believe it's a big deal. I don't feel like it's a threat to, to, uh, to your identity mm. because... I mean, there, there's so many like there's so many pros mm, uh, against the cons. I agree, and I feel like it's much safer than, let's say, remembering a password or having, yeah, of course. Uh, you know, any other form of authentication. But for those who are worried about, let's say, any abuse happening to these files, I mean, I think we're worried about a scenario to happen mm. as what happened in China. So mm. with the whole like surveillance and and your biometrics being used against you. I mean, I mean, the only way it'd be used against you is if you break the law. True. So so what I like to go by is obey the law <laughs> and you're safe to go. All you have to do is obey the law. But it's people who want to break the law. I mean, that's a different story. Let us know your guys thoughts. Four, two, one, five, Dorot Salat. Number one, are you fine with your 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 ID, your facial recognition being used uh, as your ID, your I- yeah. as, instead of your ID, are, or are you scared that it might be abused? Four two one five door slots, or on our Instagram at Pulse ninety five Radio. But coming up, we're talking with who? We're going to be talking with Ruba Sharra, who's going to be telling us all about three D printing and the benefits it could bring for children and students in the UAE and around the world. Keep Pulse ninety five locked. You're listening to Pulse ninety five. Check this out. Check. This 3D printing is a technology that scientists and engineers are using to change the world. But what what if we could put that piece of technology into the hands of students and children, turning them from students into creators? 3D pre- 3D printing technology has definitely helped many students inspire their creativity and get them to think a little bit outside the box. So instead of buying creations and the games of other content creators, they can become inventors themselves, creating solutions to solve their very own problem. Joining us today is Ruba Hassan, the founder of the startup 3D Innova right here in Sharjah that holds workshops to teach children and university students on the basics of 3D printing and how to use 3D printers. Welcome to the show, Ruba. 
Welcome, Omnia. Hi. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. The pleasure is all ours. Now, Urba, let's kick kick start this conversation by asking you, what is 3D printing and what does the 3D printing process look like? So uh, 3D printing is the process of creating three-dimensional objects. So how a 3D printer, a basic FDM 3D printer works is by melting plastic and creating uh, the, the final 3D object by creating layers just like you would layer a cake, for example, you mm-hmm. would create one layer at a time until you have a final three-dimensional object. Mm-hmm. Now, it's definitely interesting to hear children become interested in 3D printing, but it does offer a lot of career options for them whenever they grow up. But many parents can still be a little bit you know, weary of it. It's still a mysterious subject for them. So in your opinion, is it easy for children to learn 3D printing at a, and at what age can we start introducing them to this field? So uh, in re- with regards to 3D printing, uh, by using th- actual 3D printers, uh, we start with the age of 12 years plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason is because before any any kid learn, needs to learn how to 3D print, they need to learn how to 3D design first. Mm. 3D designing is the most important part before we 3D print because if, if a person is not able to create or a child is not able to create their own three-dimensional objects, they won't be able to 3D print them. Mm -hmm. So this is the first step. And using any CAD or design software, uh, the child needs to be above 12 years old. This is the ideal age. Uh, Before uh, before the age of 12, we use something different, which is called 3D pens. Mm -hmm. So the 3D pens is an easier freehand uh, kind of uh, 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 tool that kids can use to learn what 3D printing or what three-dimensional objects is all about. Now, in your opinion, how does this boost creativity for the child or even for university students? So they always tell us in school, you know, it, the best way to learn is by making and seeing things, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 3D printing helps uh, a students see things. For example, uh, the earth layers. So you want to learn all about the earth layers. Mm-hmm. Instead of learning about it from a textbook, you can create a three di- three dimensional object of the earth layers. Usually, when we create those projects, the earth layers, for example, we create it out of cardboard. Mm-hmm. But these days, you can create a digital file, three D print it, and understand all the different aspects of the uh, the earth layers, but in a, a digital way and three D printed. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Now, now I want to talk about something. Now, we always hear the older generation say this younger generation isn't as creative because they have games, they have social media, etc. Now, I like the fact that we're kind of jumping in and using our technology to be creative. And 3D printing is an amazing technology. I mean, we've definitely seen it come to life, especially during the COVID-19 pandemic. You know, we've seen different Mm -hmm. companies shift their entire manufacturing Mm. to help uh, create and use 3D printing to create face masks, Mm. ventilator applicators. Uh, So a question that comes to mind, how long does a child Mm. take to learn the basics of 3D printing? What is the timeline for it? So it depends on the age, but usually from around 12 to 15 years, it will take around four to six uh, sessions. Mm -hmm. Each session is around 45 to one hour long. Uh, in these six sessions, we cover the design aspect mm. as well as we cover the basic, basic uh, 3D printing aspect. 
So it's not a not a not a big timeline at all. I feel like by the sixth, so by the sixth session, they'll be able to create their very own, at least miniature 3D printed design. Yes, yes, because I mean, kids these days are um, they're way better than the older generation generation with uh, technology and using iPads and computers. So it will be much easier for them to understand the concept really, really fast. Now, how costly costly is it for someone to get their hands on a 3D printer? Uh, so a 3D printer starts with around, let's say, 700 dirhams. Mm. Okay. And then it will go up to uh, 10,000 dirhams, oh, depending wow. on the specifications. Uh, it yeah. sounds, sounds reasonable. Uh, 700 dirhams is obviously, you're, you're, getting, you're getting a basic entry-level 3D printer, but it should cater uh, the children and university students' needs. Absolutely. Coming up on Future Talk, we're going to be talking all about how 3D printing may just not be for every child. So how do you know if it is something that would interest your, your child as well as when should a parent know how and when to give up? This is all going to be coming up in just a few moments. If you have any questions for Ruba Hassan, make sure you share them with us at Pulse95 Radio on Instagram. And our text lines are open 4215-DO-ERIT-TISALAT. Keep Pulse95 locked. We'll be right back. Teach them young is what we say and this is definitely also applicable when it comes to different tech skills because the more kids engage with technology at a younger age the more proficient they will be at it whenever they enter the workforce. And this is exactly going to be the discussion of today as we talk about 3D printing for kids. It's a technology that could help turn students into innovators and much more creative human beings. And this is what we need in today's day and age. Gone are the days when people can just be book smart. Joining us today is Ruba Hassan, the founder of the startup 3D Innova right here in Sharjah that holds different workshops to teach children and university students on 3D printing. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today, Ruba. And a question comes to mind whenever we're talking about 3D printing and parents encouraging their children to enter 3D printing. Uh, when should a parent consider allowing their child or encouraging their children to enter 3D printing? And when should they know it's time to give up? Because we find this you know, evident with sports. A lot of Parents will encourage their children, you know, you should get into football, you should get into basketball, but maybe the child is just not into sports. So is the same true when it comes to teaching uh, children 3D printing? Yes, definitely, Omnia. So the thing is with 3D printing, uh, like I said, you need to first be able to learn the art of 3D design. Mm -hmm. So with 3D designing, 3D printing, patience is the most important part of learning this technology because uh, uh, you need time and uh, just like uh, not only learning how to 3D design it takes some time but also 3D waiting for an object to 3D print takes a lot of time mm -hmm. so kids who are patient who enjoy uh, uh, arts and crafts who enjoy sitting uh, sitting doing arts for a very long time are ideal uh, kids who would be interested for 3D printing. Now, if a child is really uh, active and mm. wants to jump around and <laughs> run around all the time, so probably not the ideal uh, uh, student because we did have some students who was not able to sit for more than six, seven, eight minutes and he would start, you know, I'm bored, around. I'm bored. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, I'm bored. This is boring. I can't do it. You know, it needs patience. Really, it needs a lot of patience. So uh, ideal students would be or kids would be those who enjoy art. Nice. Uh, that, that's the... Uh, in that, now, I want to ask you a question. Now, do you believe that any student or any child that wants to become, for example, an engineer or mechanical engineer or any type of engineer, do they need a background on 3D printing? Will 3D printing be an essential tool for these type of uh, job professions? So it does help to mm. be an engineer or an architecture. Mm. Uh, it does really help because there are basics in 3D design that you learn uh, in your engineering degree. So that does help a lot. But you don't really need to be an engineer or an architect to be able to learn uh, how to 3D print. There are now really, really basic design tools where you can 3D design anything in less than 30 minutes and 3D print it. So you don't really need that background, but it does help a lot to create more complex parts. Mm -hmm. Um, oftentimes, whenever something new and shiny comes along, especially in the field of technology, people rush to it and, you know, they immediately want to implement it. As we mentioned, kids would want to try it out, but no one really ever stops to think about the why. So can you tell us a little bit about the different applications for, th for 3D printing that would help a student implement it in real life? So if a child has the skill to 3D print, how could that come in handy in their day to day life? So uh, one way that uh, 3D printing is really uh, um, important is, for example, in, uh, for university students and their senior design projects. Mm -hmm. So for example, looking at architecture students, mm -hmm. they create really complex, uh, let's say, interior design products that are really complex shapes. And for example, making that product out of wood would, be, would waste a lot of material. And it, they might not get the first shape immediately, but with 3D printing, they can 3D design that product, keep uh, changing it uh, until they have the final real product and then 3D print it and they would get the product from the first time. Mm. So that's why 3D, I mean, 3D printing is not, not everything can be 3D printed. For mm. example, uh, you want to create um, a shelf for your TV, for example. Ideally, you would make that out of wood, not out of, uh, uh, not 3D printed because that will waste a lot of plastic material that you don't really need and it will take a lot of time and you can create it out of wood ha with half of the time and it will be 10 times more expensive than wood. Uh, how so, long? Yeah. Yeah, so I would say 3D printing is, 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 is mainly for products that are complex and not easy to make out of traditional material. Mm -hmm. How long does it take for a certain item to be 3D printed and how does the time vary from one item to the other? So let's say if you want to make um, a USB cover, for example, mm. you have a small USB stick and you want to make a nice fancy cover <laughs> for it. So that would take around 35 minutes oh, okay. to make it. And, and I've seen um, a, lot, a lot of people use 3D printing for engraving phone covers. Mm. Yes, that's correct. So, so, so I believe that it does make the child or, or any person who does want to use 3D printing kind of explore their imagination a little bit more because as long as they have that essential tool that they are open to anything, they can basically create anything they want or anything uh, their mind does see that is viable to be created. So I like that th th that a lot. Now, the question I want to ask is, uh, in, your, in your opinion, what age should we tackle and, and, and teach the, the child 3D printing? What age do you think is, is, is the most appropriate? 
Uh, the most appropriate age would be around 12 years mm -hmm. old. There are 11-year-olds and 10-year-olds who would who are you know tech savvy and they would be interested in this immediately. But I would say the average would be around 12 years old. Mm -hmm. So any, every 12-year-old could actually potentially start the process of learning how to 3D print. And mm -hmm. the reason behind it is definitely the design aspect as well. Uh, whenever we're talking about 3D printing, safety is a big concern, especially for parents whenever they're going to want to embark on the journey of teaching their children how to use a 3D printer. So uh, what are some of the precautions that parents should keep in mind whenever they are teaching their child how to use a 3D printer? Uh, so, I mean, generally, generally speaking, 3D printers are safe, but uh, in terms of uh, uh, safety, because a 3D printer melts plastic, mm. uh, there's a part of the 3D printer that's called a nozzle. This nozzle heats up to more than 200 degrees. So if accidentally uh, someone touches that nozzle from the bottom or they want to see what's there or why the plastic's coming out of there, they, they might burn their fingers. Mm. That's one. So that's one precautionary uh, thing that they should look out for. The other is uh, if you're a beginner with 3D printing, mm. I don't advise leaving the 3D printer running on its own uh, without uh, supervision just at the beginning because mm. sometimes... It might fail halfway through a print, and that's very, very often <laughs> with 3D printers, they fail. Um, so it's not it's not uh, advice to leave the 3D printer unsupervised. Just at the beginning, after that, you can leave it running overnight, and that should be fine once you are used to using the printer. Mm -hmm. So these are just a few precautionary measures that parents and children can keep in mind. Coming up on Future Talk, we're going to be talking about Ruba's own journey with 3D printing, how she fell in love with it, but also... What can you do if you don't want to spend a lot of money to buy a 3D printer, but you just want to experiment if a child would be interesting, interested in this form of tech? If you have any questions for Ruba Hassan, make sure you send them in at 4215 or sign into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio. Yes, we're going to be taking a short break, but we're going to be back really, really quick. You're, You're listening, listening to Pulse95. 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 All around. What's worth a click and download? Pulse95. 3D printing can turn any student into a creator. And instead of going ahead and consuming content from other creators and buying games, they can go ahead and become inventors that can fulfill their very own needs. But with every new piece of tech, there's always a lot of questions and mysteries about this brand new field. And this is exactly why today we are joined by Ruba Hassan, who's going to be telling us a little bit more about the benefits of 3D printing, as well as her own story with uh, 3D printing. She started her startup 3D Innova with uh, Shira right here in Sharjah, and she has been holding different workshops, sending out 3D printers to the homes of many parents and children so that they can also embark on this journey uh, at their own pace. Thank you so much for joining us uh, today, Ruba. Uh, a question that comes to mind since you also uh, are basically a self-taught 3D printing uh, specialist. Can you share with us how did you first fall in love with 3D printing? Um, before I started 3D Innova, I was a full-time structural and design engineer mm -hmm. and I was working in a manufacturing company uh, for seven years. So uh, during my uh, uh, my career, uh, I discovered 3D printing at my uh, company and I thought it was a really amazing tool to use. We started making all kinds of phone covers, uh, uh, lighter caps and so on with the 3D printer. 
So uh, at that time, I was also uh, um, pregnant with my second child, mm. and I thought it was uh, an interesting tool, you know. So mm. I told my husband, you know, this is this is such a cool tool to use, and I think this is the future. So he said, you know, since you love 3D printing so much, mm. and uh, uh, and you are you're an expert at 3D design as well, because of my job, why don't you start teaching kids about 3D printing? Mm-hmm. So that's when I said, okay. Let, let's do this, you know? <laughs> now, now I, I want to ask you a question. Did your background, because you you're a civil engineer, did your background in yeah. civil engineering help you kind of get into 3D printing more or 3D modeling in general? Uh, it did help me with, a little bit with the design, but mm. sadly, it did not help me much. Mm. Because when I graduated from civil engineering, I completely shifted to mechanical engineering field. Mm. Uh, so I didn't really use my civil engineering uh, degree much. Mm-hmm. I shifted completely to mechanical engineering. I did have some design background, but because of the work experience that I got from the industry, I managed to start uh, my own business. And this goes to show that you don't necessarily need to major in engineering or uh, even design for you to get into 3D mm. printing. Any, as you mentioned, any child from the age of 12 can go ahead and explore what this field has to offer. Uh, right here in Sharjah, uh, Ruba, you've been doing a very interesting form of teaching 3D printing. Can you tell us more about it? Yes. So uh, when the lockdown happened, before the lockdown, we were running a lot of training programs, a lot of workshops. And uh, but when when COVID-19 and the lockdown happened, we weren't able to run any events or any training programs. So we thought, okay, so if we can't get the students to us, we will get the 3D printers to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we set up a a home uh, home 3D printing program, we call it where we give students access to our online e-learning platform that has all kinds of 3D design uh, and 3D printing lessons that they can uh, uh, stream online on our website, as well as we deliver to their doorstep a 3D printer with uh, five rolls of uh, 3D printing material for them to learn, self-learn 3D design through our website and try and 3D print their products for one whole week. I love this. Amazing. (laughs) If like a free trial, literally, and and you don't even have to spend money on the 3D printer, and you know risk your child not falling in love with mm-hmm. it. You can try it out for a week. If they're interested, they can go ahead and consider different options. A- and for the program, I know there's a program on the computer that is is needed. Is it is it easy to use these type of programs? Like anyone can use it, or it needs a thorough course on how to use them. Um, I mean, as a beginner, uh, it does need a course to use it. That's why we have yeah. the self-learning tools on our website. Um, uh, but it is easy to use by so many people once you understand the concept of two, 2D and 3D objects. Mm-hmm. So once you really understand, I mean, dimensions, 2D, 3D objects and dimensioning and imagining what your final product will look like, it will become easier, much mm-hmm. easier. Amazing. Ruba, Hassan, thank you so much for joining us today and enlightening us about the world of 3D printing and how every student could go ahead and become a part of it. Thank you so much. Thank Amir. you for your thank time. You. Thank you so much. Now, it five is time. Minutes. It is time <laughs> for the halftime show, the only place to be at three. With Omar Adouri. Welcome to the show, brother. <laughs> Thank you very much. Welcome to the show, brother. It's an honor having you on our show. It's an honor being you on your it's show. A, I love it's seeing you like every Monday and Wednesday. You guys really make me feel like I'm a guest. <laughs> you, 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 are, you are a guest, but yeah. a permanent resident in my heart. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> Stop it. Keep going. Stop yeah. it. Keep going. <laughs> so tell us, Amar, what are we expecting on the halftime show All today? All right. So on the halftime show today, you normally we talk about the physical side. We talk about the emotional side. Today, we're talking about how to train yourself mentally. Mm. And by doing that, we have Rada Zakaria, who will be talking about mental health, mental fitness, and also what she does. Oh, wow. Amazing. We have a full-packed show today. Absolutely. And Don't we always have a full-packed show when it's Amara Duri? It's always a packed show. It's always a packed show. Very interesting. <laughs> Physical health, mental health, and emotional health. Lots and lots is going to be coming up in just a few moments on the Halftime Show. But you can catch us again later, uh, same time tomorrow from 2 to 3 p.m. Only here on Future Talk. On, on Pulse, Pulse 95. 95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.